0: An often overlooked detail when you're training, doing rehab, any type of sport even, is the idea of keeping your head and your neck in a good position. This is something that I'm always looking to tune up with my clients, athletes, even for myself when I'm working out. Just making sure that I'm keeping my head, my vision, everything nice and steady and neutral. Or whatever the exercise or task is and why is this so important stay tuned to this episode let's break this down I'm going to briefly discuss some of the reasons why this is so crucial and why you should be paying attention to your head and neck posture because it's so important and can improve your results welcome to the HNL movement podcast where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities sports and life Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. For any of the new listeners out there, thank you for joining in to this episode and if you haven't heard some of the great guest interviews, previous episodes, check out the library of episodes on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. All of my returning listeners, thank you again for all of the support and today we have a great episode, some basic breakdown and tune up about head and neck posture. And as always, if you like some of these episodes, be sure to share them with family, friends, teammates, coaches, colleagues, anyone that might find some benefit from listening in on these episodes. Also go to Apple Podcasts, rate and leave a helpful review to help with the growth of the podcast. And don't forget that I've been putting up YouTube highlight clips, video highlight clips on my YouTube channel that you can go and check out and see some of the awesome video highlight clips that matches the audio that you've been listening to. If you have any feedback, be sure to tag me on social media or email me through my website and I would love to hear any suggestions and some of the things that you're enjoying and that's helpful for you along your fitness journey. Let's jump straight into today's episode. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet again and I have just briefly five points that I want to talk about with head and neck posture. Things that I'm continually working with clients, athletes on. I'm also doing this for myself and some of the reason behind why this is so important and why I'm always focusing on some of these fine-tuned details when it comes to your head and neck posture. So let's jump straight in. Point number one that I want to make is oftentimes we use poor head and neck position to try to get around poor shoulder stability. So let me break this down a little further. There are quite a few significant muscles that connect either our scapula to our neck, our scapula to our cervical spine, or even just our shoulder girdle. So maybe our clavicle to our neck, clavicle to our head. And a few episodes ago, I talked about the shoulder girdle in depth and kind of broke that down. So building off of that, that is a complex system that is creating a lot of tension, different force couples to hold our shoulder blade in place. When we start to throw imbalance or improper tension, I guess you could say, in our head and our neck, that's affecting our shoulder stability. That's when that whole system either has to work harder or becomes less efficient at stabilizing our shoulder blade. So you can imagine and picture that if we don't have good scapular stability, shoulder blade stability, oftentimes we need to make up for it somehow. Anything that will help to throw more tension into the system or kind of create this false sense of stability. And we can do that with our trap muscles, our upper trap. We can do that with our SCM, our sternocleidomastoid forward head position, creating more tension in our scalenes, levator scalp, all of these things, it will give us kind of this false sense of stability. How is it doing this is because the muscles that should be stabilizing our shoulder blade, maybe they can't meet the stability requirements. And because of that, we're trying to create any kind of other tension to just hold our shoulder blade still. This doesn't mean that we're going to hold our shoulder blade in a good position. It just means we're trying to create some tension just to hold our shoulder blade In a stable position and you can already see if you start to do this and it becomes a bad habit and things start to snowball and your shoulder blade posture gets more and more out of position that's when other types of shoulder issues other types of deficits are going to start to surface itself and that is what we don't want right we want to actually get the right muscle stronger so that we can avoid future dysfunction muscle imbalances or injuries so that's the first point is that oftentimes I mean think about it, if you're doing a bicep curl, bench press, core exercise, a lot of times we'll kind of create some excessive tension by moving our head out of that neutral position, meaning that your ears are not in line over your shoulders anymore. You're either flexed, forward, extended, all of these things. That is not your neutral alignment position. Now point two, this kind of relates to that. Along those lines, we often use our head and our neck to compensate for things. And one of the things that i see is beyond shoulder stability we can use our head and our neck to compensate for core weakness and you'll see this with any type of core exercise or any type of bigger compound movement like squats rdls so let me break this down to give an example like a basic plank right a lot of times if we don't have that strength or stability down our anterior line including our abs and our core You'll constantly see people try to create tension by moving their head forward, flexing their neck down to create some tension to help out their core, that anterior line, generate some tension and stability again. On the flip side, when you see squats and RDLs, this is actually one of my big pet peeves that I kind of see is that people that don't have adequate core strength, right, when they're squatting. I think this is one of the cues that can get people in trouble and create some imbalances is when you're squatting, I want you to keep your head and neck relatively neutral. If it's slightly extended, depending on the situation, that might be okay. But I never ever instruct any of my athletes or clients to look up and throw their head and their neck into extreme cervical extension. Again, now you're creating all this extra tension down like the back muscles, erector spinae muscles, that's going all the way down to your lower back. So yes, you are throwing some tension into the system, but really when you're stabilizing your core in a squat, in an RDL, you should be generating that stability from your actual anterior core muscles as well, including your obliques and your lats and your rectus, all of these things, they should be helping to stabilize that core and keeping that lower back nice and stiff and rigid. If you don't have that adequate strength, stability, control, or awareness even, that's when it does help if you throw your neck into extreme extension and get your erectors involved. But again, that's not addressing the dysfunction in your core. You're not strengthening the muscles that you probably need to that are weak. So this is another example of how we can use our head and neck position to compensate for that core weakness. Now moving along to point number three. And this one is a big one because a lot of times, again, your head and neck position can dictate your entire posture and alignment throughout your body. And I've seen this countless of times that we often set up with a poor head and neck posture or position, and that just throws everything out of alignment. So think about it. If you're doing a balance exercise or even an upper body, lower body exercise, and you look down at the ground or look down at your joint or the movement oftentimes your entire spine has to kind of adjust it might pull your lower back your hip position out of alignment that creates a cascading effect down to your hips your knees your ankles if we're talking about the upper body that can also trace down to your shoulder your elbow everything right and it just starts with well if we keep your head and your neck in a neutral position of course this isn't 100% of the time But I would say majority of the time, if you just learn how to maintain that neutral spine in your neck and your head position, that will correct a lot of postural deviations. So try to be aware of that. Next time that you're working out, try to see how it feels if you actually pull that chin back, keep your ears over your shoulders versus if your head and your neck is bending or looking down or extending. See how that changes the feel of certain exercises and notice Am I actually in better alignment just by correcting my head and neck posture? Because I would say majority of the time again, that will correct a lot of postural deviations that you may or may not even realize until you get your head and neck in that neutral position. And then that leads me to point number four. So moving along, and I focus a lot of this with regular training of course, performance training but especially when it comes to rehab. Rehabbing after surgeries, injuries, is this idea of our body with any given movement or exercise, our body has so much sensory information to process and one of the big things that we're constantly processing is our sight and our vision So wherever you're looking at, what you're focusing on, is your vision where it should be that's going to be functional or are you looking at your joint or are you looking at the ground? All of these things affect our motor control and how we can actually fire and use our muscles and how well we can actually do this with the visual information that we're feeding into our brains. And some of the research out there that we know now is that when you get injured or what kind of predisposes you to injury too is when you rely too heavily on visual input and you don't have the capability to sense from your joints your ligaments your tendons your proprioceptors all of those things we need to make sure that we can actually use those senses and not heavily rely too much on visual input so what am i getting to is that when you're training especially when you're doing balance exercises or stability exercises where your visual input is focused on that will greatly affect how well you can actually train your muscles your proprioceptors and be effective at doing this in more functional situations so the bottom line is what i coach a lot of times is that i want the visual information either to be straight ahead or neutral if we're getting more into sports specific tasks I might have them change their focus around we'll use things like the synaptic strobe glasses you heard the episode over a year ago already about the strobe glasses and how that can really not only do vision training but help us with that somatosensory type of training to help our muscles and our joints control movement that much better And the bottom line with all of this is especially after rehab or when you're starting to learn a new task we want you to get off of relying so much on visual information and this makes sense think about when you were a kid and you were playing a sport right maybe you started playing basketball or soccer At first you could only dribble when you're looking at your hand bouncing the ball or only dribble when you're watching your feet touch the ball but as you got better and better you gain that feel and you don't have to watch you physically doing that task when you can get to that stage you're actually able to focus on way more things now so you can do the same movement pattern under more cognitive load and more automatically which is a good thing when it comes to functional movements in sports But also you're relying less on visual information, meaning that you don't have to be watching exactly what you're doing in order to gain that feel, gain that proprioception, that kinesthetic awareness. And that's what we want to get to whenever we're training for anything. So the bottom line here is that try not to rely too much on visual input, meaning that you're looking at your limbs, your joints, you're watching your body do the task, even try to get away from just staring in the mirror especially if your head is not in neutral position so this is kind of where the head position neck position ties into our sight and what we're focusing on visually and all of this together can improve how much benefit we're getting out from those exercises that you've been doing again so just keep that in mind we want our head and our neck and our vision To be focused on something that's effective, that's actually going to help you to get better at that movement and help you to get more benefit out of your training and your exercises. And that leads me into point five. The last thing that I think we don't focus on as much, and I got to agree, sometimes this is on the back burner and I really got to think, okay, this is very important. Then I start to realize, don't forget about neck range of motion. Just the active and passive range of motion in our neck. And I say this is a big one because think about all of the activities that we do. If you're on the computer, if you're watching TV, just on your phone even, we're constantly in this forward head position, we're looking down, and we create some of this tightness and imbalance in our neck, and we never ever really stretch or work the range of motion in our neck. And the reason why this is so important, and this goes beyond just posture again, your neck range of motion, that's key to a lot of things that we do in daily activities but also in sports and I'm just going to give one example that I commonly share with some of my athletes especially if they're baseball players or softball players is this idea that your neck range of motion so oftentimes let's just break it down for a pitcher in this scenario so a lot of times pitchers they have to look over their shoulder over the shoulder that's pointing to home plate and think if you don't have your adequate neck range of motion to actually rotate your neck and look in that direction let's say you're short about five degrees because of soft tissue tightness you know nothing structural let's just say it's tightness because of the way that we train we don't really work on mobility in our neck so we're creating this extra tightness now if I can't get my eyes and my vision again, tying back into the last point that I talked about. If I can't get that all the way turned over to actually see the target well, then I'm gonna have to make up for it. Maybe I'm gonna have to open up my shoulders that extra five degrees, or open up my hips that extra five degrees. And this is all because I just can't get that extra five degrees of rotation in my neck, in my cervical spine. Now you can see if I start to do that over and over, What's gonna happen is that my entire body, maybe my spine, my hips, that's gonna have to start to compensate. And just on a technical or biomechanical standpoint, you can see that that little bit is gonna add up and we're gonna start to create different types of technique. We're gonna start to overuse certain muscles, maybe put more stress in certain areas of the body. And that's just one small example of how your neck range of motion and mobility can affect your entire kinetic chain. And you can go on and on with this. There's so many things that we have to actually rotate our shoulders or rotate our T-spine around our head. And if we don't have that adequate neck range of motion, then we're going to have to make up for it in some other area of our body. And at first, it doesn't become a big issue. But as this becomes worse and worse, and even if you neglect more of the neck range of motion, then it can snowball into a bigger issue that now if we just work on some of that neck mobility, that could alleviate a lot of the problems that we're encountering. So this is just real briefly. The bottom line and take home message here is that your neck and head posture, position, range of motion, that's all very, very crucial. And I often think that it gets overlooked and neglected sometimes because we just wanna focus on the bigger muscles. But you have to understand that every single thing, it has its role to play. It fits in this bigger puzzle. It's a piece of the puzzle. And if you target and make sure that everything's working well, working on all cylinders, and the net component is one of these things, sometimes that is the little bit that kind of helps you to elevate your results, get more out of training, and even get better at performing in your sports and your activities. So I hope you gain some insight from this episode and just pay attention to that. Whenever you're working out, whenever you're running outside, just watch what you're doing with your head and neck posture and then pay attention to what is your vision focused on. What visual input are you feeding in to your brain when you're doing these activities? And I guarantee this will help in some way. Even if it's a small way, it will help you to get more out of training, help you to perform better. And really the goal is that this little detail will help you to optimize your performance. That is all that I have for today, for this episode. And I hope everyone is doing good. I can't believe this this year, the weeks are just flying by. And I feel like the beginning of this year has been a blur. But I'm really enjoying everything that's going on. I hope everyone is enjoying what you're doing too? keep training keep working hard again check out my social media check out my youtube channel you can start to see some of the video highlight clips that's going up daily of previous podcast episodes i'm excited for the first half of this year have a lot of great episodes planned that are coming out so stay tuned for that And again, thanks for all of the support. Help spread the word, help me grow the podcast, and also give me any feedback or even future topics or guests that you would like to hear on this podcast. You can email me at andrew at hnlmovement.com. Contact me on social media too. I would love to hear any of the feedback and suggestions. Other than that, I hope everyone has a great week. Keep training, keep working hard, and push yourself to achieve more. I will be back here same time. New episodes are released every Tuesday. Until then, aloha.